You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about growing your business through public speaking. And I'm so excited to have a very special guest and expert with me, John Block. Let me tell you about him. Since 2011, he has mentored over 1,500 entrepreneurs to use public speaking to grow their business. He's spoken on over 500 stages himself across the country, and he's created a multiple six-figure business with public speaking. He attributes a high-touch approach, relentless learning from his clients, genuine caring, and a commitment to authentic connection as reasons for this success. Welcome, John. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else would you like to add to that introduction? Well, that hit the major points. I would say that uh, the authentic connection piece there is so important because there's a transition happening in the speaking industry and a lot of times people think that to be effective from stage and use it as a platform to create lots of sales that you have to be really slick or you have to be someone that has done a ton of great things in their life and has this huge list of accomplishments and has bought a bunch of houses and then can tell people hey you got to be like me and I really want to knock that pedestal over and just say it really is about the authentic connection. If you can really get that down, then you'll be able to create clients every single time from the stage. Awesome. And being on over 500 stages, how many times do you speak a year? So per year, um, so three times per month is what I do, three to five times per month. So you can do the math on that. Uh, Of those speaking engagements, it tends to be once a month will involve flying somewhere. So uh, across the country to a conference with 100 plus people, that tends to be a minimum for me to say yes to it. And those tend to be some of the best speaking engagements um, for reasons I'll just share that uh, you're going to get a higher commitment level from the folks in the room if you're speaking at, a, say, a weekend conference as opposed to an hour-long lunch and learn. So that's usually what it looks like for me. That's true, and that's a really good – I just heard the other day, the more you speak, the more you speak, right? So you've got to kind of fuel the, the speaking so that you're out there and people know about you. So there's lots of ways to market a company, social media, networking. Why do you feel that public speaking is one of the fastest ways to grow a business and obtain new clients? Well, I believe that it is the fastest way and the most fun way, the lowest cost way, (laughs) uh, the way that's most calling forth your authenticity. So for anyone who really values the authentic connection, it is unquestionably the best way. There's been this huge movement, as we all have seen, towards taking things online and the laptop lifestyle digital nomad obsession out there. And what's happened is that there's just from a strict law of nature standpoint, the desire for the in-person has also gone up to really balance it. And people who are living online are blind to this fact. And 
that's fine. They can just keep growing their business online if that's working for them. But the reality is, is that there's a craving that people like myself have for the in-person connection and specifically that authentic connection that we're talking about. So that is only going to grow over time just from a balancing standpoint that the more stuff there is online, the more people are going to be craving the in-person connection just so they can be more well-rounded. It's just kind of the way we're wired. With public speaking in particular, they say that it takes seven touch points to create a client uh, in general. Uh, typical marketing, I would say nowadays, specifically if you're going online, it might be 15 or 20 touch points. With public speaking, it really is just the one touch point. That's how powerful it is. On the stage, you can create the credibility uh, that is really hard to come by otherwise, but you can stand out as someone that has done it before through how you communicate about yourself, through your speaker bio that's read before you come on. There's the no like, and trust factor, which is so important. We've all heard that KLT. Well, that's how you achieve that through speaking, usually through a well-designed personal story. It can really cement that no like, and trust factor. And we're obsessed with stories. I mean, this podcast is an example of storytelling is so important, and it's really hard to get a full story across to folks unless you have a captive audience like being in person with them. And in that space of credibility and no like and trust, then to invite people into a working relationship with you and have them say yes is actually very natural at that point. That totally makes sense. So one of your superpowers is helping people craft a great personal story on stage, the kind mm-hmm. of story where people know they have to work with you just 20 minutes into your talk. Tell us more about that. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking of their personal story is just them sharing about their life. And we've all perhaps seen speakers or even just in conversation where someone is just talking and talking and talking about something that happened to them. It reminds me of a quote from a movie. Just because it happened to you doesn't make it interesting. That's true. (laughs) It is very true. And to create a paying client, obviously, it's got to go beyond interesting. It's got to be captivating, engaging. It's got to be a must-have. So one of my distinctions with my clients is uh, what you offer can't just be uh, interesting. It has to be essential. It can't be useful. Um, It has to be a must-have for them. So with the personal story, the way that we design it is that there is – uh, positioning of yourself like as a credible expert where uh, while you don't have to have uh, tons of credentials to back you up, then there does need to be a one step ahead of them that you must clearly position yourself as. So the way I've done this in full transparency is the fact that I have spoken on 500 plus stages at this point and mentored 1,500 entrepreneurs to use public speaking. But someone who's just starting out could also say, well, I've been in this industry for this number of years. I've been mentored by the best uh, folks. Or um, I've been featured in this publication or have this degree. There's something that needs to be created as a way of positioning to create that credibility. But the most important part of the personal story, and this part of the turning tide in the speaking industry, is that whereas before it was all about the credibility, now it's really all about that vulnerable low point. And this is where a well-designed personal story will make all the difference with creating clients every single time. Your low point has to be a match for your audience's low point. 
and it could be something that they're currently experiencing, hence why they've come to you to solve this problem, or something they're afraid of experiencing. So for instance, when I'm speaking to audiences, it is on how to use public speaking to grow their business. So when I'm sharing my low point, I'll share about how I was petrified to be speaking on stages. I'll share about how when I began presenting, how I bombed horribly and people were actively hostile towards me afterwards. How I was so afraid of making an offer from stage that I would just put a stack of business cards on the side table and say, oh, take one if you feel like it, but no pressure. Last thing I want to do is make you uncomfortable. I've outlined all the specific fears, nightmares, low points that my potential clients can have, and I've woven my personal story to hit those points. That's where the relatability comes from. That's where the he gets it. He knows what I'm going through comes from. Of course, this has to be done authentically. I find it repulsive. I can always tell when the speaker is kind of BSing a bit. So it has to be authentic to your own journey. But if you really are serving the people you're meant to be serving, then there will be a reflection of their pains and their struggles through the low points that you've experienced. So that by far is the most important thing. And then how you pulled yourself out of that is typically the thing that you now provide for them. So for me, speaking is what turned my life around, and that's why I'm so passionate about doing this for others. For, say, a financial planner, they may have had some big-time money struggles and money anxiety, but then they finally uh, embrace financial planning in their life, and now this transformed themselves, and this is, this is why they now spread this to others then that's the typical journey we take someone on whereby they can say, oh, wow, it makes sense, they get it, and this could really help me since it helped them on stage so, so well. What a great answer. I love how you made that actionable versus just telling a story because I've seen a lot of stories and people are just talking. They're not really tying it back to the pain, so really, really good stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I know you host an awesome event called Speaker Venture. I'm sure this is one of the training points that you cover it's um, training and also joint venture experience, which is, I guess, why you called it Speaker Venture, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's very creative. What makes Speaker Venture different from other live events? Well, Speaker Venture is our experience that's really dedicated to you mastering the craft of speaking. Sometimes people come up to me and say, oh, I got the speaking down. I just need speaking gigs. And there's been this... I would say across the board disinterest in actually mastering craft that is a real problem. And one of my friends who's a speaker trainer says that a great speaker never asks where are the speaking gigs because for a great speaker, their phone is ringing all the time being invited to speak. (laughs) So how do you know that you need to work on your craft more is because your phone's not ringing all the time. And this is the fact uh, that there are so many speakers out there that any additional advantage you can get is so important, and that's what Speaker Venture provides for you. So here's where your mastery as a presenter really comes into play. And we keep these events intimate, and they're uh, very experiential. So get up on stage, do it, get feedback from the audience. Then I provide uh, one-on-one coaching at the front of the room where you get to then do it again and really get this experience of 100% of the people saying yes to you. I tell people all the time, don't ever buy an online course on public speaking <laughs> because it won't be all that helpful. It can be a little helpful, but ultimately won't get you to where you want to be because it has to be apples to apples. It has to be in the room. So Toastmasters is valuable in this sense. And then people sometimes ask, what's the difference between Speaker Venture and Toastmasters? 
that Toastmasters is really just about getting you comfortable on stage. It's about avoiding saying um, which is, I suppose, somewhat important, but it's not really designed to help you grow your business. So the speaker venture really is about knowing how to speak in such a way to really radically grow your business. So I know it's very exclusive and there's an application process. What makes an ideal candidate to attend speaker venture? An ideal candidate is someone who is committed to the path of speaking specifically speaking to grow their business. So they're not looking just to get the keynote gigs. Uh, a lot of people have these fantasies of getting keynote gigs, and keynote speakers kind of remind me of struggling actors. I remember being in Hollywood and being around <laughs> struggling actors all the time. And theoretically, it was great to be a working actor, but most people are not. And the same thing is with keynote speakers. So a keynote is someone who gets paid just to show up at a corporation, gets flown in, the nice treatment, and then gives a razzle-dazzle and then leaves. Um, what is actually a lot more lucrative and a lot easier to break into is our world of speaking as marketing. So you don't get paid to speak, but you speak for free and you're using it to create clients. So someone who would be ideal for us is someone who already has a business in which they know whom they're serving, they know how to take care of clients, they also even know how to enroll them in a sales conversation. Um, if you can have some of those things down, then to come to Speaker Venture is really perfect for you, where you can just hone in on the speaking aspect of it and then reliably grow your business. We do have other trainings that are focused on booking speaking gigs, hosting your own events, really anything that could come up for you in the world of your speaker, entrepreneur, business. So if that calls to you, then we can certainly help you as well. But I will say that the people that we do the best with are people who are already in their businesses. Excellent. So besides saying um and having weird twitches and things like that that Toastmasters can help with, what are the most common areas for improvement for speakers? Can you give us a tip to be even better? Yes, I would say with how you make your offer from stage. So let's define what an offer is. It's an invitation that you're making to the audience to work with you beyond the speaking engagement. It's also known as the call to action. So common mistake that someone will make is actually not making an offer at the end. And I alluded to this earlier with uh, uh, putting your business cards at a side table and saying, oh, if you want to come talk with me, you can at the end. Uh, and we see other versions of this where a speaker will present. And I love TED Talks, for instance, but it's not the kind of format that is designed to have a real call to action. I don't know how to have an ongoing relationship with the speakers at the end beyond waiting in line to speak with them at the reception afterwards. It's kind of a <laughs> challenging process, and it doesn't have to be, and Ted's chosen to do it the way they've had to, but we have to point out, and they're more of an exposure platform and the fact it gets videoed and watched over and over again, it works well for what it is. But for the rest of us who are using speaking to actively create clients, there has to be a really clear, easy-to-follow offer for people to work with you ongoingly. So I'll give a quick example. Uh, great, exa uh, way to, great way to go about this is to have a one-on-one -on -one appointment with someone where this is a free one-on-one -on -one session. People call them strategy sessions, free consultations, uh, discovery sessions. The reason this works well is that someone has just seen you speak, so they've gotten the one-to-many experience of you. So you're in a group, they loved you, 
the next level would be for them to now get the one-on-one experience with you. Just consider from an audience standpoint. It's like, wow, I love this person on stage. But it's, it's even more amazing I get to meet with them one-on-one. There's that celebrity factor of like them coming down to your level to meet with you. That's really exciting for the audience member. So your call to action at the end, especially as you're just getting started with speaking, should be for a one-on-one session with you. And to maximize the amount of yeses you get, it should be low cost or perhaps free. I would recommend free. Then when you make this offer at the end, it's important that you really illustrate that getting no support at the end of the speaking engagement will result in no transformation. And there's a way to do this that's really elegant. You can tell a story about a client who did not continue on or someone who did continue on and the difference it made in their life when they had this ongoing support. And you're making a real clear case for why it's important to have ongoing support. And then in that space, you can invite them into this one-on-one session and make it known that this is for you if you're really committed to this transformation, whatever it is that you do with people that you, they want to experience, like that breakthrough in their finances or their health or whatever niche you're in, and let it be known that this is for you if you are in that category. And then you can uh, book them on the spot too. That's another thing is that a lot of times people will say, all right, we'll drop your business card in a fishbowl and we'll follow up with you. And so many clients get lost through that process. What you want to do is have a sign-up table or at the very least a clipboard going around where people can plug themselves into a pre-printed calendar. That's how I do it and how I teach my clients to do it. That way they're booked. It's locked in before they leave. You don't have to chase them around with email. It saves you time. They don't have to remember who you were afterwards. It's just a lot more professional and creating some commitment at the end. If you're not going to have them buy anything on the spot, then have them commit their time. That's a great strategy. Plus, people that feel uncomfortable actually selling their product, it's easy to ask for a one-on-one. So I love that model. Very simple. Hey, what are mm-hmm. your thoughts about a speaker one-page pitch sheet? I've seen a lot of those going around. Is that a mandatory thing if your phone is not ringing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you do need a speaker one sheet. And in our upper-level trading, which is all about how to book all the speaking gigs you can handle, we craft with you your speaker one sheet. So we give you a template, and then you cr- go ahead and create yours based on the template. This is really your... Uh, the easiest thing to compare it to would be your resume. If you're looking to book a job or get hired for something, you need a resume to be sending out. So the speaker one sheet serves as that resume. It's just a way of setting yourself apart uh, from every aspiring speaker who does not have a one sheet and they're just cold emailing meeting planners trying to get on their stages. If you are able to email them and have your one sheet attached, then it has a lot of value. If you're asking for warm referrals, which is a better way to go than any cold email, and let's say you know someone who spoke at an event, and you can reach out to them and say, hey, could you introduce me to that meeting organizer? Uh, here's some intro copy like about me, and I've attached the speaker one sheet that you can forward on to the meeting planner. That's generally the best way to do it and make it really easy for your friend. And then the meeting planner gets it and says, oh, wow, this person's legitimate. Yeah, I I totally believe in making it easy for people. People are more likely to do something if it's super easy and they can just do it and get it done off their plate. Hey, what are your thoughts about pay-to-play models? I see a lot more of that where if you want to be on someone's stage, speakers have to pay to speak. 
So I would say the same thing about that as I would any investment. It Be very discerning, and if it makes sense, then do it. And if it doesn't, then don't do it. And you can check with your body and how it feels. So increasingly, I rely on my intuition. Like, do I trust this person? Would I recommend my closest friends and family to this person? That's one factor to consider. Because a lot of these folks who are doing the pay-to-play model, and this is maybe what's prompting your great question, Nancy, are not people that you would probably recommend to your closest friends and family. And people are trying to monetize any which way they can, and this is one that's common. So I'll give you an example of where someone offered me to do pay-to-play, where it was, uh, I think it was 7,000 flat rate to buy in, and then it was a 20% commission off sales at the first level and at the second level because oh, wow. my business has <laughs> two doubles to it. Yeah, it was. And then needless to say, I had to fly myself out there as well and book my own hotel rooms and things like that. So that was a pretty short conversation where it just didn't feel right to me. And um, it was the kind of thing where, yeah, I could knock it out of the park, but it wasn't slanted in my favor enough. And when it comes to investments, we all have our own barometers for what feels like, okay, this is an acceptable amount of risk, uh, and this is not acceptable amount of risk. So in that case, it was unacceptable amount of risk. But if you deem it as an acceptable amount of risk, I'll give you an example that might be really great. If someone says it's $500, and then you're going to get – uh, 30 minutes on stage plus a booth for a two-day event. I've done that scenario and have had great success with that, complete home run, where just for $500, then I get on stage, have my 30 minutes, and then I like to speak on the end of day one. That way, if it's a two-day conference, that way I've gotten to meet a lot of the folks, and then there's more energy and interest in me when I finally get up on stage. And then I can sign people up then, and then the, the ones who kind of dilly-dally a bit that are still a fit, just kind of need to soak it in more, I have all of day two with them. I'm at my booth, and I can sign them up uh, then on day two. So I've leveraged an opportunity like that to be easily worth $10,000 in revenue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely a good ROI. Love that. Hey, a couple more questions, and I'll give you a chance to talk about some of your amazing events. I know you're coming to Denver soon. You do an event once a year. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. So my wife and I actually live in Denver now, and this is one reason why we decided to do the event in Denver. We were doing them in San Diego. That's where a lot of our base came from and is such a hub for people to fly into. Yet we wanted to do something really positive and empowering for the Colorado community because it is growing. We met so many amazing people, and it just really felt right to us. So the event's called Bold New World, and it's happening August 26, 27, 2017. This is our once-a-year conference. There will be one happening next year, but this is the one that is coming right up. The reason we call it Bold New World is that my core belief behind speakers is that they transform lives. When we look at the greatest historical figures, whether it's Martin Luther King or Gandhi or Nelson Mandela or Oprah Winfrey, I put in that category, you can't separate their impact from their public speaking. You just can't. And 
that's my belief is that anyone who's drawn to be on stage, especially the kind of folks that we have at uh, our events who work with us, are really the kind of people that aren't just doing it to score a quick buck uh, and just kind of sell people and then not deliver, but it really is about making a difference in people's lives. That's why we call the event Bold New World. And a lot of this has to do with the personal evolution that you also experience uh, through becoming a world-class speaker, which really does help create a bold new world too as you personally evolve. So if that resonates with anyone listening, then I invite you to join us. Here's what you're going to get. Uh, day one is on the craft of speaking. So we dive into some of the things we've been talking about, personal story, how to craft your unique personal story. Then we get you into groups where you're going to be practicing actually delivering it and getting that incredibly valuable feedback uh, around making offers from stage. We'll be doing similar work around that, the exact structure for making a really compelling offer and how to deliver that effectively from stage. Those are some of the day one highlights. Then day two is really on the business of speaking. So day one's on the craft, day two's on the business of speaking. And there we'll be diving into how to host your own events, especially the smaller, more intimate uh, events, which can be really lucrative if you do them properly. Uh, booking speaking gigs, we'll be talking lots about as well. Uh, I'll be sharing all my best strategies across the last six years that I've been doing this and how to get on these 500 stages that I've gotten on. Uh, we also have some fantastic guest speakers. So my friend A.G. Morishita is flying in from L.A. and he'll be there to present on uh, how to create and really grow your movement on the planet. Uh, another friend of mine, Wei, will be presenting. He's coming in from L.A. too, where it's entirely on your relationship to money. So for anyone who has this kind of energy around money where they haven't fully said yes to all the prosperity they could have, uh, Wei is super conscious. He's a real deal. There's a lot of charlatans in this particular field, I've noticed, but he really is the real deal. And I'll be having some other guest experts too that we'll be adding between now and then. So should I share the webpage? Yeah, so people, you, you already got everyone interested. So how do they do it? How do they show up? All right. You can go to boldnewworldlive.com. So www.boldnewworldlive.com. And you'll see some more information about the event, and then there's a registration link that you can go to. And we're keeping this really uh, low cost for folks. This is my once-a-year event where I just make it really easy for people to come experience me, experience what it's like to see their potential as a speaker truly unleashed. It just feels really good to be able to offer something low cost. So the investment for this one is just 97. It'll probably go up in future events, but for this one, the general admission is just 97. And then we have VIP, which is a little more, which will cover your meals and get you access to our VIP lounge and some additional private mentoring sessions with myself and with our guest presenters. So that's my invitation to you. If this resonates with you, at least come visit us at boldnewworldlive.com and definitely mention Nancy when I see you at the event. I'll give you a big hug. That is a screaming deal. Listeners, if you are in Denver or just fly to Denver, that is a, a killer deal for sure. So my signature question, John, because this is all about productivity, if you had one more hour in your day, so 25 hours every day, what would you do with it? <laughs> My first answer was sleep, but that's not, 
really leaving a whole lot more to folks. Uh, I've been on this getting up extra early uh, kick recently to maximize the productivity. <laughs> so I would say I would read. That's what I would do with that extra hour. I find that when I read, I get ideas for my business that I simply would not get. So it would be a combination of reading and going for walks where I can disengage from the business. I definitely wouldn't be spending more time at the computer. It would be anything that could free my mind from the day-to-day and then just allow me to drop in and get more ideas. And my sense is if you're listening to this, you probably have had some experience like this before where you're going for a walk or you're reading or taking a shower where some ideas just drop in that won't be there otherwise. Uh, That's how I would use that time. You know, reading is becoming the number one answer when I ask that question. A couple of people. Oh, interesting. Sleep, so, yeah, so don't feel bad about sleep because that does come up. But reading has been coming, been coming up more and more. In fact, I just got through my third book in the last five weeks, and you're so right. I'm like, I know I'm, it's either a reminder of stuff I should be doing, or it's a brand new idea. I never thought of that I'm definitely implementing. So perfect answer. Hey, this has been an amazing podcast. Is there anything else you want to add that I didn't think to ask you? Well, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me. Uh, I really believe deeply in what you're doing and the value of this podcast. I want to thank anyone who's listened uh, and said yes to investing the energy and time to be with us. I think it's a really, really smart investment in your business. Um, It's one of those things like reading or going for a walk that gets you off the hamster wheel and you get even just one great idea from this. It's completely worth it. So I acknowledge you for saying yes to that. And for anyone who is considering joining us at Bold New World, I'll just say to you that if you feel called to be on stage, if you feel called to make a bigger difference in people's lives, then you're meant to have that. Uh, The world needs your leadership, and there's the tools that are there to support you with realizing it, and there's a way to do it that is much easier and more fun and natural and authentic than you probably realize and more lucrative. So I really uh, would love to see you there. And if not, then hopefully this has been valuable for you as well. What a great closing comment. So do you know my friend Eric Swanson? Yes, from San Diego. yeah, Eric, Eric is uh, Mr. Awesome, I am, and I love that nickname for him. I'm going to name you Mr. Authenticity. Has anyone ever <laughs> named you that? Not with a mister, so I'll happily take that on. Yeah, that sounds awesome. You should start introducing yourself as that, although maybe people won't think you're very authentic, but I really like that. <laughs> Look at me. I'm so authentic. I'm being authentic right now. Did you catch that authentic moment? Yeah, it can get overdone for sure. <laughs> But for me, I will call you that when I see you. John, thanks so much for taking time to be on the show today. You provided lots of actionable and valuable information. Listeners, download my 100 proven systems you need to boost results in your business. Just go to nancygaines.com slash systems to get it today. And if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It helps other people find us so they can be more productive as well. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's nancygaines.com. 
on Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines, and on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.